Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Why do people stay in the state of Michigan, and why do they go? It's a question that has dogged the state for a long time, as it has had really sluggish population growth. Governor Gretchen Whitmer had an idea to get some people together, to think about ways to keep more people here and attract more. On this episode of Detroit Today, we want to re-air a conversation that we had with young people earlier this year about why they stay and why they leave. First up is Paul Jones III. He is a community planner with the U.S. Department of Transportation. He is from Detroit, but right now he works and lives outside of the state. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. Also with us is Carrie Jr. He is a journalist and a podcast producer right here at WDET. He left the state for school, but came back to Michigan. Carrie, welcome back to Detroit Today. Happy to be here. And Rachel Levy is a clinical social worker in private practice here in Southeast Michigan. She is originally from Arizona, but went to school at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, and stayed for her career. Rachel, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, hello. So we've got a real balance of perspectives here. Lots of different experiences for young people uh, who are either here or from here in Michigan. Paul, I want to start with you. Tell me why you left Michigan, what factors weighed into your decision, and then tell me about your future. I think one of the interesting things about people who grow up and maybe go elsewhere is someday they think they might return. So I would love to hear how you think about things uh, from where you are. Definitely. Um, I would say it's been kind of a long road of this decision for me. Uh, so, you know, high school, I went to U of E Jesuit, graduated in 2015. Um, around that time, a good chunk of my classmates, even then, decided to leave state. Um, the ones who did stay around and went to Michigan universities, um, a lot of them ended up leaving the state once they were done with that. Um, I, I really, especially for my early career and young life, just really saw myself in Detroit. I really um, was excited about what I believed could happen there um, and about some of the opportunities uh, that, that were around there. So I would say I, I was really, I really appreciate the hands-on experience that I got there in the city, just kind of being on the ground. Uh, just dealing with things like uh, just dealing with things at a level that I don't think I would have really been able to touch um, in a bigger city. But yeah, I, I would say after you know going back for grad school, really looking around at the type of opportunities that were available in the field, um, they just didn't seem like they were really in line with what I see for my own career and values. Uh, so I just started to look look elsewhere, huh. and I think um, I, I really. Yeah, like you said, I think Detroit really does, for people who grew up there, um, there's that passion that's always there. I'm here in Boston, I like the work that I do here, but it doesn't mean as much to me as it would um, if I was there at home. But I think being able to, I, I felt, it got to a point where I felt like I had to step away to really get the experience that I wanted um, to be able to do what I want to do in Detroit later on. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's uh, it's, it's a loaded question for sure. So tell me about uh, you said something that I want to hear more about. 
you said you didn't feel like the kinds of opportunities that you wanted or needed were going to be available to you here. Uh, can you be more specific about the things that you found wanting here in Southeast Michigan? Yeah, I, I think we, Southeast Michigan is really struggling to innovate and really struggling to think about um, how we can do things differently. I think a lot of, so my, my packing up and really preparing for this move aligned up with the Mackinac Policy Conference, which was just really interesting timing to be, uh, you know, really thinking about all of these things and preparing to leave the state myself. It, it feels a lot more like we're trying to repackage the way that we've always done things. Um, language, calling it innovation uh, without really looking at the fundamental things that we have to do differently as a region and a state to, to push these things forward. Um, I think specifically thinking about my realm of, uh, you know, urban planning and transportation mm -hmm. policy, Michigan is really, really focused on continuing to prioritize the auto industry in that. And there's the future that we're talking about at the state level and that I think we're trying to buy for it is it's not going to be found with uh, just our continued focus on that industry. Uh, so the other thing you said that I found really interesting, uh, Paul, is that you want to come back. You, you, it sounds like you have plans to relocate here in southeast Michigan at, at some point. Tell me why and tell me what you think that path looks like, given what you just said about the things that we aren't doing to attract and retain folks. Yeah, so I, I would say, I think the best answer to that is that a lot of young people who are leaving Detroit are really feeling like they're being driven away rather than being drawn away or, or you know, really... Yeah, just like I, for me personally, I've never had this desire to. I, I grew up with a lot of people who, to them, the idea of success was always leaving Detroit. It was I had to go away to do X, Y, and Z. Um, for me, that was never really my approach with things. But um, yeah, I, I think just. So yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of a lot of complicated feelings of seeing um, all of these things happening in the city, um, wanting to be excited about that, but not seeing yourself in the future that's being built right now mm. and really trying to understand how you can position yourself um to you know potentially return to have your your ideas and voice valued in that space um it, it does feel a lot like um I think a, I think a fundamental piece of this is Detroit doesn't do a great job at recognizing the talent that's already there. Um, and I think we we often wait for people to put cities like New York, Los Angeles, Boston on their resumes before um, yeah. before they're able to come back and actually take positions and be taken seriously um, in the professional world there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, I want to go to you next. Uh, you're, you're listening, of course, to what Paul is saying about having grown up here and decided to move away. You're the opposite. You grew up elsewhere, came here for college, and you are staying. So tell me what it is about Southeast Michigan that uh, has, has captured your interest and your loyalty. For sure. I mean, the first thing that's sticking out about um, what was being said by the previous guest was this idea of home. Like that feels really compelling to me because I'm from Arizona, but my parents are from New York. And so my, my 
my uh, the way that I think about home is not like, oh, I'm going to return to Arizona after college because my whole family lives in New York. And so mm-hmm. when I moved to, to Michigan for college, I think I was really hungry for, for this idea of community and like feeling of belonging and um, just feeling engaged in, in, in a place, I guess. Um, and so I, I had a great time in, in undergrad. I met some amazing people um, in Ann Arbor and then the week that I was deciding about grad school, the pandemic hit. And so I was like, okay, am I going to go out of state uh, for grad school or am I going to stay where it's familiar and I have community and I, I feel a sense of belonging? Um, and so the decision felt pretty easy to stay for grad school. And once I was here for grad school, I started to develop like a professional network and a, um, a sense of my professional identity, which feels very community oriented. Um, and so after grad school, I wanted to find a place that also held community as a value and I saw that in Southeast Michigan and I saw that specifically in Detroit you know for all the reasons that we're, we're talking about like Detroiters rely on each other a lot mm-hmm. um, for better or for worse and I think that does create a really uh, unique sense of community that I have really enjoyed being a part of and plugging into over the last year um, and I do feel excited to stay and and I'm working towards my licensure right now and social work is a state-based licensure so I feel really committed to getting my license here and continuing to to work here um, it's beautiful first so of when all you but hear, yeah, when yeah you hear sure. people say uh, there aren't a lot of reasons to stay in Michigan and you hear these numbers about us losing people uh, <laughs> yeah. not only who uh, you know who, who who grew up here but you know people who come to school here and then decide that they're not going to they're not going to stay what is how does that hit your ears and and what is different in your mind i guess than what a lot of other folks seem to be feeling about this what what is the thing that um that separates you from from these other folks. I actually don't know how separate I am from those people. I mean, yeah. I left. I left Arizona. Like that mm-hmm. is that is where I grew up. Um, and I think a lot of the people that I know who are from Michigan and went to Michigan and then decided to leave is that they were hungry for what I was hungry for when I was ready to leave. They wanted something different. They wanted a new perspective, um, not to do away with the old, but to just continue to expand what they were what they were seeing in their lives. Um, yeah. 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 So, Carrie, uh, you're you're in between, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the other two guests, right? You grew up here, and you stayed. Yes. My sense uh, from knowing you is that you're pretty happy staying here and and exploring possibilities and opportunities in Southeast Michigan. Mm-hmm. Tell me why that's so. Uh, well, I, I will say this: whether I know long term how long I'd be here is, is still up because you know we still have time to make decisions. But yeah, no, I, I love being in Detroit. I think you know it's home, as Rachel just is, just spoke to. But I think part of it is the fact that I did have time. Like I did leave for for mm-hmm. college. I mm-hmm. went uh, to the South, uh, much different weather, you know, different people, different culture. Then came back home. Also, part of what influences that is there was a very different Detroit back when I was before I left. And when I came back, there was two different Detroits. To, there's a different Detroit to explore coming back. Then building that community also made me fall in love with it again. So having that kind of reinforce a place that was already home for me is kind of pretty easy or clear for me to be like, yeah, I, I want to be here. Um, one thing I do want to say, though, because I heard Paul speak to this was how um People think that like success looks like leaving Detroit. And mm-hmm. I just want to hit that point again very hard. Like every growing up here all the time, people are like, you got to get out. You got to leave. You got to go somewhere else. Honestly, I feel like that's a solid recommendation regardless of where you grow up. Mm-hmm. But here in particular, it was very specific. So you know, Michigan and, and Detroit, like go somewhere else. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did. But I do also understand the value of 
this place in the state. A lot of people talk about lack of opportunity mm-hmm. when they talk about South, Southeast Michigan, at least as compared to other places. Uh, Paul in particular talking about how if he left, there would be things he could do that he couldn't do here. Do you ever feel like that? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel that currently uh, sometimes. Um, I, I definitely feel like a lack of diverse uh, job op- uh, occupations in this region are, are what I think restricts us from a lot of that stuff. I mean, there's some people who always talk about or what did we have the former those those film those incentives where they could make films that were were cut out you know over a decade ago, stuff like that that give us different avenues and places for people to go. That's not just um, you know blue collar industry work or it's not just this new startup tech industry. It's not just real estate. You know, we want to find places where we can live and thrive here in a multitude of different sectors because there's a multitude of different people here with different career trajectories. Yeah. We're talking about the idea of keeping and attracting more people to the state of Michigan, something that Governor Gretchen Whitmer has really turned her focus to uh, since the Mackinac Policy Conference. She's got a new council, a new commission pulled together, Growing Michigan Together Council is what it's called, and it's supposed to come up with recommendations uh, to make this a more attractive place for people to come to or to stay. There's a specific emphasis on the idea of young people, people who grow up here, people who come to college here, people who may be from other places but are at points in their lives where they're making decisions about where they live. And there has been some concern about who's on that council. Do we have enough young voices actually helping to make the decisions about how we attract people like them? Uh, we've got three great guests with us right now. Kerry Jr. is with us. He is a journalist and a producer here at uh, WDET. He returned to Michigan after growing up here and going away and attending college in Atlanta. Paul Jones III is also with us. He's a community planner with the U.S. Department of Transportation. He recently left the state for a job in Boston. Uh, Also with us is Rachel Levy. She is a clinical social worker in private practice. She's originally from Arizona, but went to both undergraduate and graduate school at the University of Michigan and has stayed here for her career. I want to introduce another voice to the conversation as well, uh, Sam Robinson is a reporter with Axios Detroit, and I've got Sam here now because I've been watching him on social media react to the way that they're putting together this uh, growing Michigan council, and he's been pretty, pretty critical of it. Sam, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. So uh, you're somebody who, of course, has stayed here in Michigan, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that choice. But I also want to talk about this council. And you have noted, I think, uh, pretty strongly in the last few days that maybe the focus is off here. Talk about the makeup of the council and the things that that you're finding to be uh, head scratchers, I guess, about uh, who's going to be on it. Sure. Well, I guess the first one that produced a couple headlines from our publication as well as Cranes and um, Bridge Michigan is there's only one person under 40 so far that's been appointed to this council. She's receiving, the governor is receiving criticism from both sides of the aisle. 
uh, and really rightly so. It's like, is this a, a, a group that's focused on retaining young people or is this another tool for economic development, right? And I think that has been sort of the confusing piece. What we're asking the governor's office, right, is, is this really about retaining young people? Um, the, 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 the message has kind of gotten muddled there. Um, you know, we talked about growing Michigan Together Council, um, and, and this was announced uh, right off the back of her um, announcement of we are going to sort of refine our economic development strategy. And some folks see this as another extension of that. So, you know, when you look at this and you're somebody who, again, is right in the wheelhouse in terms of age and, and other factors that, that they say, hey, these are the folks that we're speaking to. Do you think that's a, a, a real hurdle? If if you see that this council comes together and there aren't a lot of folks or any folks your age on it, does it does it kind of go over your head? Do you feel like uh, they're missing the point? Well, you know, it sure does. You know, um, Republicans are are certainly hitting um, hitting that point. You know, uh, House Minority Leader Matt Hall has been um, in my quote tweets on Twitter all of this saga talking about how the governor is violating her own uh, executive order in which this commission um, was created from leaving young voices off. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting when you look up the the makeup of uh, the board, you got some people asking, you know, is this just another board that she can give throw a bone to potential donors? You got uh, the University of Michigan president, who isn't the most popular guy in Ann Arbor right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly, yeah. uh, Rick Snyder's former lieutenant, uh, or his former AG, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's certainly not going to uh, excite any Democrats. Um, and then you you're got it led by um, Shirley Stancato um, and John Ricolta, two people that are above the age of 70. John Ricolta, if you read the Detroit News, yesterday, or this was a, a report on Friday from Craig Mogger, um, there's questions of, of whether he even lives in the state of Michigan. Hmm. Um, he's a part-time Florida resident, uh, it, it, it appears. So, yeah, there's real questions on, on who has been appointed so far, and um, we're going to get another appointment, Stephen. The governor's office tells me that they are going to uh, do someone under 25 years old. That was part of the initial um uh, release right they have to have one person at least one person yeah. um you know there's real questions Stephen. it's like what what the hell do people under 25 know about anything right we don't pay property taxes we don't have so i mean there there are there that's the the point i guess like well how many how many people that have never done anything in the world should you have but it's like man yeah i think what what folks my age i'm, I'm about to turn 26 in a couple of weeks here uh, is, you know, you need fresh voices, man. We know why people leave. We know, because they're our friends. They're us. You know, we Thanks, know sir. why. It's like, why don't you just ask us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam, uh, I, I want to have you also talk about why you're here. Uh, you stayed here in, in Michigan. Was that about uh, a choice to, to make a statement or because you felt like there was sufficient opportunity here or... Uh, or, or was something else at play? What Walk me through your your decision-making. Yeah, so, I, you know, I spent the first few years of my life in Baltimore, Maryland. My mom worked at Johns Hopkins Hospital. She's from Midland, Sanford, so I went to Midland High School two hours away from where I'm calling you right now in Detroit. 
Um, but I went to Western Michigan, Stephen. And what do you know about Western and Kalamazoo? Is we're closer to Chicago than we are Detroit. Absolutely. When, when kids go to Western, they don't end up in Michigan. The high-achieving kids, they want to go be in a cool neighborhood in Chicago. <laughs> and it's the same crazy. I could I could live right now in Logan Square, Avondale, Chicago, have you know double the amount of amenities for the same price that I do right here a mile away from where I'm calling you from in, in yeah. Midtown Path Corridor. Yeah. It's the same price. So what went, in, went, went into the decision for me to stay here is that I love the state of Michigan. I got it tattooed on my arm. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up that's, in Midland. That's deep love, to, man. <laughs> I grew up, uh, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen Upper Peninsula, uh, you know, the Tacoma Falls, Marquette, you know, uh, Ludington, Empire, Alpena. You know, you go to all, you touch all places of the state, and you realize how special it is. Not everybody, especially kids down here, especially the lower income kids like me, not, we don't all have the opportunity. So part of it's that, you know, the people that are like, man, why don't you guys want to stay here? We got all the best nature. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't access that. You know, we, we're hours away. So, uh, yeah, they got a lot of work to do here, this, this task force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to our other guests now. You, you guys have been listening to to Sam talk about both the commission, the council, uh, and his, his decision. I wonder what uh, what your reactions are. I mean, my my first thought, if I could hop in, Karen, there, go is, ahead. Yeah, you said you said there's only there isn't yet one person ap- appointed under twenty five, and the youngest person is just barely under forty, under thirty, I under think. thirty. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, as as someone who's younger, I don't I don't assume that they can't uh, enact policies or find ways to to develop the state for younger people. But I'm wondering, like, who they're speaking to? At least, what are we going to be able to understand a little bit more about what their process is for this council and what they'll be doing, so that we know that that process can include younger people? Yeah. Maybe the council doesn't have to have them on there, but it does, of course, raise some eyebrows when I don't hear there's anybody young on it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I'll be a little more mean and say, I, I, I <laughs> Paul, like, go ahead. <laughs> people on this panel, I mean, we again, we've seen, we've been losing for decades because we've been doing the same thing for decades. So I think having these very familiar voices, um, we we know we're going to yield the same results. I think there there were two things that Sam hit on that um, that like I definitely wanted to expand on. One is the cost. Um, mm. it, it is the fact that I think for a long time. Detroit's value offer was that, you know, you you may be dealing with, like, you know, lower amenities, you, you have a lot more to put up with, but rent is cheaper. I mean, your cost of living kind of, you yeah. know, can balance that out and makes it, makes it make a little more sense to be around. We're now at the point where rent in downtown Detroit is on par with where it is in other parts of the country, and you're not getting the same value for your dollar there. Um, and on top of that, you're having to pay for car insurance, your highest premiums in the country, yeah, having no to drive everywhere, having to pay almost $2,000 in rent and still having to go to the suburbs to get to Target. These are these are types of things that are unsustainable. Um, and I think the other point was just, yeah, there's. it's really sad that the people that have the most passion for the state seem to be the ones that are that are being pushed out. Yeah. Like I have have a tattoo of the Bell Out Lighthouse on my cast. Like, I, you know, I do care very much about that place. And very much, you guys uh, in the Michigan tattoos, that is something. Yeah, 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 you know. Cool. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, Rachel? 
Yeah, I mean, when I hear the word council or even committee, it, it almost sounds performative to me. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about these things. And like Sam said, we're already talking about these things, like mm-hmm. in our social communities and in our organizing spaces and in our like hallways at work. You know, we're already having these conversations. So we don't need a more formal place to have conversations. Like we need options for action that would actually excite young people around um, and, and maybe give us an idea and then ask for our feedback. You know, mm-hmm. like don't say, oh, let's let, let's talk to the young people like we're already talking right yeah. <laughs> you're already talking about it right yeah, yeah. Right. paul also said something earlier about how like they try to rebrand stuff as innovation I, I don't ever feel like we've ever tried to diversify or change the type of industries that operate here and to me that's kind of the main thing like in this region in this state like unless we re like, find a new identity um and, and expand i don't see people wanting to come here for any newer reasons than they would have came for before yeah. or stay for any new reasons. Yeah, yeah. How we attract and retain more young people here in Michigan, are we doing the right thing with the Governor's Grow Michigan Council? Uh, should we have more young voices involved with that? I want to start on the phones today uh, with uh, Camilla Lazundia. They are classmates with Paul Jones. Uh, they were classmates yes. with Paul Jones. Uh, <laughs> and is uh, someone who's also left the state. Camilla, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, walk me through your calculus in terms of where you wanted to be and where you might stay, whether you might come back to Michigan. Why did you decide to leave? Right. Um, I come from a family with Michigan roots. My grandpa went to Castec, but I was raised in Northern California um, in 2016, I was accepted to the University of Michigan. I moved to Ann Arbor, did undergrad and grad school education there. And then in 2022, I moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And and what was the reason? Uh, what was the reason not to stay in Michigan? Or did you just feel like, uh, hey, there are, there are more interesting places in the world. I want to check them out. Right. Well, there are so many reasons why I could have stayed in Michigan. Um, the water, the people, the summers. But I felt... Um, especially claustrophobic in Ann Arbor after six years, I felt like I had seen it all. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the the logical next step for me would have been moving to Detroit, but I am a stubborn young person without a driver's (laughs) license. I Uh, refuse to own a car, (laughs) mainly for climate reasons. And I'm not alone. A lot of young people are becoming less interested in car ownership Uh and ridership in the last few decades. And um, I, I spent my graduate education studying public transit and how to make Michigan's public transit network better. But if I wanted to stay in Michigan and be mobile, I would have needed a car. And so in Philly, you're able to manage with, without a car. Is that, that's what you're saying? That's right. It has a decent public transportation network. Yeah, yeah. So, Camilla, what would bring you back? I mean, obviously, better public transit. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who who fall into that category, but are there other things that you feel like maybe as you, as you grow older or as your life changes that would have you come back to Michigan? Right. Right. Well, as an urban planner, I moved because I wanted to be in a big urban city. And as a young person, I wanted to be somewhere with lots of people and culture and opportunities. And I wouldn't say that, that Detroit and the surrounding areas don't have that, but um, I I think that other cities do it better, and so so that's why I choose, choose yeah. Philly. 
Yeah. Uh, Camilla, I really love that you called in, and uh, and good luck to you in Philly, but uh, keep us in mind. Keep an eye on home and look for those chances uh, to come back and, and be an urban planner here. Talk about uh, needs that we have in Southeast Michigan and the, and the state, but uh, Camilla, I really do appreciate the call. Let's go next to Robin in Detroit. Robin, what's on your mind? Yes, hello, Stephen. How are you? Thanks for having me. Sure. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I want to talk about, um, yes, I have a, a daughter that's uh, in college, and um, she's that must have to be coming back. But I'm, I'm not focused on our little um, children, like seven, eight, nine. How is it going to look for them, uh, seeing those that uh, the state and the governor, they all took funds from the, um, from the, the black children in Detroit? See, I want to talk about real issues. They don't took the money from the black children's industry to build all of these um, uh, 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 stadiums, uh, all of these uh, vendors for these mm-hmm. people to attract them to come back to Detroit. Hmm. Housing, all of that building up downtown, off the back to take some children, little black children, uh, I, I must add. Uh, I mean, they need computers, they need water, they need everything. But nobody's talking about that. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not getting nothing. Okay, so I want to focus on the children. That's here that's living in Detroit five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Oh, how how's it gonna live for them? And due to this racist gentrification that's happening, sure. everything that's really happening in Detroit City is all to attract white people. Mm-hmm. Only them. Nothing about mm-hmm. us black people. So let's talk about the real issue. Yeah, Robin, that, I'm gl- Robin, I'm glad you called and and injected that point into the into the conversation. Um there's no question that things look really different for Little black kids growing up in Detroit than they do for for other folks. Uh, I'm going to get our panel of young people to to respond to that. Uh, Carrie, I'll start. I'll start with you. Um, I mean, what Robert's hitting on is honestly one of the key reasons why long term Michigan may not be in my future is I would love for the city of Detroit, particularly to to, to invest more in their education system. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they were like, oh man, what are the, one of the things if you want, if you want them to fix one thing and you could like wave a magic wand, what would it be? And for, to me, at least, you know, I'm not all into the inner workings of how it work, how, how the city's operating, but if you're talking about an investment in the future, you're talking about an investment in the city long term, you're looking for the people who are already here and investing in their education and, and that's the little kids. So we know that that's been a struggle for the city for decades. So until I see a change in that, I don't know, at least from the, like the, the authorities, the powers that be, and mm-hmm. their efforts to uh, benefit the folks who who live here. I don't know what that what that is. Yeah, uh, Rachel, you're yeah. a clinical uh, uh, social worker. Uh, you know the decisions that we make about how we invest, who we value, what communities we value, all have an impact on people's decisions about how they stay here, but they also have an impact on the, the lives of the people who are here. And of course, in your work, I'm sure you bump up against all of that. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are, are making a lot of decisions of, of change and of self. And um, that's what that's what I talk with my clients about every single day. You know, they're, they're trying to make changes in their lives, but they're feeling really um, resource deprived, I guess. And they're like, well, I want to make this change in my life. But I, if I want to go there, I need a salary of at least this much. And I don't know if I can earn that. And I don't know if my resume has all these um, the things that I need on it. And so I think a lot of people are operating from just like resource deprivation rather than opportunity. Um, and like Robin was saying, I'm yeah, Detroit is doing a lot of things to attract 
not only white people, but also I think temporary residents. Mm. Like they're creating mm-hmm. opportunities for tourism and sporting events and they're building all these studio and one bedroom apartments. Like that's not attracting families and people who want to like put down roots here. And so I think we have to think about too, like, well, the pe- who are the people that we want to be attracting to Detroit and how do you build a like a built environment for them that could sustain them and not just attract them for a year or two? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam or Paul, I want to get you get guys in here too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I would just say, I mean, Robin really hit the nail on the head. I was for me as a planner um, when I finished grad school and was looking for jobs. The highest playing planner jobs in Detroit are for um, industrial planning for all these factories that huh. we're building in people's neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. that's work that I don't want to do. That is that goes against my values, um, and so just really, it, it was really a struggle. I, I think when I was still there wanting to be, you know, civically involved, showing up at city council, showing up um, at community meetings and seeing people that look like you suffer um, while everyone is, is pushing this narrative that things are getting better. Wow. It's really, it really does weigh on people more. And I think there are a lot of young people um, who are experiencing a serious burnout from that um, and really, really are holding that weight while they're making decisions about uh, what their future looks like there. So, yeah, yeah no, that, that absolutely resonated with right. me. Sam, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with, with uh, Robin. I, I live right here downtown, so I can I can see it with my own eyes myself when I walk around every day. Um, but, you know, I, and I can also... Uh, uh, I can also, you know, say that I would make a lot more money if I lived in Washington D.C. than than living here. You know, I I, I don't know um, why it is. Well, we know why it is. I think just the general narrative about Detroit and Michigan. Oh, it's you know, it's easy to buy a house. Things are cheap there. Um, the rest of the country, you know, uh, people are working remote jobs. It, it's not catching up. So people are doing those same remote jobs anywhere else. Um, and I think a little bit of what we thought was going to happen after the pandemic, which was, oh, people are going to come up here, they're going to go want to live up in Traverse City, do their remote jobs, kind of going away. So we'll see what you know the next uh, post-pandemic yeah. years look like. Sure. Okay. Uh, I want to thank all of the young folks who joined us today to talk about this subject on Detroit Today. Carrie Jr., Paul Jones III, Rachel Levy, and Sam Robinson. All of you had really... I think, incisive points to make about this effort uh, to attract and retain more young people. Also want to wish all of you well as you continue to make decisions about where you're going to be in the world and, of course, hope that that you end up here in southeast Michigan. Thanks for being here with us on Detroit Today. Today's episode of Detroit Today was produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Nate Bender. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Editing and mixing is by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Our podcast manager is David Lyons, and our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET Public Radio. If you love the conversations we have on Detroit Today, consider donating to WDET, the public radio station in Detroit that we call home. If you want to be a part of the conversation and call in, you can listen live every day on WDET.org or on the WDET mobile app. Or if you live in Southeast Michigan and still love listening to good old-fashioned radio like me, 
tune in to 1019 FN.